Welcome to the Maitripa College podcast. Maitripa College is a Buddhist institution of higher education founded by Yangtze Rinpoche in 2005 in Portland, Oregon. We offer two graduate degree programs, a Master of Arts in Buddhist Studies and a Master of Divinity, as well as Classical Tibetan Language Studies. Founded upon the three pillars of scholarship, meditation, and service, the Maitripa College curriculum combines Western academic, contemplative learning, and traditional Tibetan Buddhist disciplines. Through the development of wisdom and compassion, our graduates are empowered with the sense of responsibility to work joyfully for the well-being of others. They become agents of positive change in the world and are shaping the development of Buddhism in the West. As scholar practitioners, chaplains, professional translators, doctoral degree candidates, leaders in the nonprofit world, educators, and more, we invite you to join us to make your practice your life. In this week's episode, from Maitripa College's Philosophy 302 class, Yang Rinpoche teaches on the Bodhisattva vow and gives commentary on exactly what it means to wish for and engage in actions leading to enlightenment for the sake of all sentient beings. Literally, with the Bodhisattva vow, aspiration bodhicitta and engaging bodhicitta, as we talked in early in, uh, in Shantideva's Bodhisattva's way of life in the first chapter. Uh, and also, some of the, your discussion I saw, you know, engaging bodhicitta is, as a, like a, it, it put in an example in the first chapter, you know, something like you're planning to go, like some of you said. That going to Dhamsala and now putting in action. In a, somehow in a conventional world, we say like action and intention kind of like these are like, okay, action seems like these are something that external things that you can get going to do it. And intention is something like in the part of the, your mental states. Now in the Bodhisattvayana, action is also within the mental states. So so that's part of the way it's like uh, the complex between the engaging bodhicitta is the action is not necessarily have to be out there in externally action the engaging starts within the mental states so you're making distinguishing engaging defining from the within the mental states you know where is the borderline which is the intention part and which is the engaging part you know so so although in the first chapter it says like well you're planning to going and there's actual going but in buddhichi the actual going also starts within the mental states okay so that's you have to keep in mind you know it's like engaging you know ways you know the, the, because bodhisattvayana is so much about the mind how you carry you know even the bodhisattva vows also you know lots of related with the mind how you think how you perceive so so mainly I want to put there like in the engaging, engaging that thought of a wish to obtain enlightenment, maybe that is the engaging from the Bodhisattva in the point of view. Okay. So so in the philosophical text there's a, you know, some say engaging Buddhist is basically there's a two different tradition where they're defining the engaging Buddhist Is it like one says like you have to take Buddhisattva vow, then that's it. All your bodhicitta is engaging bodhicitta. So it's like a basically the engaging in terms from the mental states is like every mental action becomes kind of like a engaging. So it's, it's one scholar says, like, yeah, you take a bodhisattva vow, that's it, your bodhicitta becomes engaging bodhicitta. One of the other scholars said, no, 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 it is a, you know, that's kind of like a, took a two kind of like a easily defining engaging. So here, last time in the class, we discussed engaging in terms, you know, basically, so you have a wish to obtain enlightenment, that kind of very strong intention. So now you any kind of action you engage, and while you are engaging that action, you have to have a, that wish to obtain enlightenment as a present, you know. Uh, uh, you know, so, so when we're talking that part, like usually analogy will be like, in the in the text, in the analogy will be like okay here like for example you are driving, 
and you have to kind of look around the traffic and everything that kind of going present but at the same time you are really have to rush for <laughs> restroom <laughs> the thought of going to restroom is kind of like a very also present but at the same time so so engaging in terms of a like a all the action while you're going through that's really Simba is like a literal translation is like a the the Simba is like it is a directly holded by the the practice of Bodhisattva's deeds you know like a, uh, and and the, in the philosophical text is what that means hold means basically Bodhicitta mind and uh, any kind of generosity practice patient practice they are kind of one is much more on the front, one becomes on, on the kind of like the fundamental background, and that that time that parameter deeds becomes engaging bodhicitta. Engaging that bodhicitta becomes engaging bodhicitta. That bodhicitta, when the action is, uh, uh, it's not just like a, you put motivation, then you're going through action, but the motivation becomes so present, part of the while the action was engaged. So then that bodhicitta becomes, that motivation becomes engaging. Engaging motivation, can we say like inspire, an, an inspired motivation and engaging motivation? Can we have like a little bit expanded, <laughs> you know, motivation which is a really, you know, it's not just kind of thought it, but it's like being very present, the motivation was so present while the action is, action is a kind of like a going to, through the process. You know, so, the key point over here is that engaging over here in the Bodhisattvayana, engaging process starts through the mental state. So from that point of view, it's like a little bit complex, you know, where the borderline it is. Okay. Okay. So now Bodhisattvayana vows. Okay. So now here vow, um, Bodhisattvayana vow. Okay. Uh, so maybe let's go through. Uh, you know, first member member Choge Sumas, member Choge means member Simge, member the aspiration Bodhicitta, uh, taking the aspiration Bodhicitta, okay, okay. Uh, <coughs> so now, first, let's go as a, as a like the, mm, you know, maybe before we talk that. What means aspiration bodhicitta and aspiration bodhicitta vow? Let me let me talk a little bit. Then. Uh, aspiration bodhicitta is basically wish to obtain enlightenment, purpose of benefiting sentient being. Basically, the standard bodhicitta mind. Okay, that's the. now when you trans transform that into the vow, how you transform any any thought can have a vow, huh? Like uh, you know, you can have anger related with the vow. You know, when you have a grudge. And that's kind of like a, you know, you're kind of like, okay, I'll I'll commit you to do this, and you know, like this, you have a time frame and all that kind of things. It's kind of making vow. So now, aspiration bodhicitta, you just kind of randomly think, what makes vow basically? What makes vow? <laughs> so what requires what what vows requires? Public. Now, in the Bodhisattvayana, public decoration require, not necessarily require, public decoration not require. So, like, what really makes you ask? Like, for example, in usually when you sign contract, you have the date, you have the day, the day when you contract sign, maybe there's like how far your contract is signed. You know, this is, I think it's some kind of like that it have a, from whom to whom, all this promise, the kind of surrounding condition, like from when, from whom, you know, there's like any kind of usually when you do. So in the vow have exactly the same thing. It have uh, all that things like, you know, like it have a name statements and it have a like, you know, when you take a vow, you have to say your name. It's kind of like assigning your name. It's about all that kind of things. And usually in a contract, maybe you have a one page, but in the vow you have a three pages. <laughs> if you translate that into the kind of contract, <laughs> but it's of a contract, you have like a three pages. You have to do go through the reading three times that the page. <laughs> so so now, it's uh, so now when you translate that to that kind of, when what makes a vow? A vow makes kind of like a very clear from whom, 
who are you and how long for what purpose and that kind of not only like wish to wish to take that commitment but it, it makes very more more kind of like a it's a common way you know like when you sign contract it's kind of like making official basically you know something that's everything's clear from whom so vow vow makes any kind of if you if individual person takes a vow with a negative emotion that person might have a clarity everything like i'll do this i'll do that when i'm going to do it's kind of like all clarity you know basically this maybe is this is uh, you're taking your own <laughs> so vow what makes a vow and what makes a commitment and you know that kind of maybe we need to uh, uh, you know kind of like to just to get so going back to the point aspiration bodhicitta when you're looking for that now if you translate that into the vow you know how to take vow a little what you throw there okay what you're going to take a vow what will be the vow vow made looks like the mind is i want to obtain enlightenment so you're making vow to obtaining enlightenment or are you making vow to benefit sentient being what's happening here aspiration bodhicitta when you say i'm taking vow you had very clear what is aspiration bodhicitta purpose of benefit of sentient being i want to obtain enlightenment so when you translate that in the vow are you vowing to obtain enlightenment that's uh, very difficult to make that promise <laughs> and i want to going to benefit entire sentient being that promise is very and uh, you know like okay that promise is a uh, we can like a, you can keep it as an aspiration but you going to the promise can be complicated isn't it <laughs> so so way you know related with the bodhicitta bodhisattva and the vow you know last time we we're talking class you know like i one time like oh you know what's what's really happening over here bodhicitta's these things you know like the, you know buddha get enlightened but you know he get enlightened purpose for helping for us but he not able to help us does he failed <laughs> you know we have this uh, small discussion so now over here uh, any kind of positive thoughts when you transform into the vow what that mean what how you how how you know like particularly this kind of things like uh, uh you know like for example i will not going to harm for 24 hours yeah you can take a such a vow okay you can say take a vow so now over here buddhist is the vow how you how you look at it you know like i want to obtain enlightenment i'm going to vow to obtain enlightenment that's you know like here we need to closely tie it with the aspiration buddhist the vow that same there is something that you are taking commitment there's there's something you are taking kind of like an oath or something like that so the my key question is you'll try to all the cause and condition you're vowing to creating the all all the cause and condition and can we vow individual can able to vow to create the all the cause and condition you are able to take that promise you know okay what's your vowing you're going to just vow to create the cause and condition you are vowing to achieve enlightenment you're vowing to often benefit all sentient being or benefit sentient being not all sentient being what's what's your vowing over here you know like so you know just think about how is possible you know usually like any kind of thought you can transform into the vow so so now maybe okay now let's let's look at it let's okay this is the question you need to uh, think a little bit about okay but now if you go a little bit further uh yeah i'm can you can can we vow for motivation i'll keep the motivation i'll keep the motivation vowing for action can be a little bit more complicated can you vow for motivation i will keep this motivation yeah okay when you when you say i can vow for motivation sounds like a little bit freedom a little bit space huh so now if we're able to vow for motivation so basically you say i'll keep this motivation until i'm enlightened i'll keep this motivation until i'm dead i'll keep this motivation you know so you're vowing you can vow for the motivation okay so now if you translate this one back to the aspiration bodhicitta then you are really kind of vowing for the motivation i'll really i will i'll i'll vow to keep this motivation until i'm enlightened isn't it yeah you're vowing for the motivation i mean like when you vow you are not vowing for perfectness no mistake 
Nova. Okay, so maybe we need to look at whether what means the vow means maybe not giving up. Another way to look at it. I will not give up. The promise, the vow is to not give up. Vow is not to have a no mistake. Is is nobody can vow for no mistake. People can vow for not to give up. You know. It's just, just like, yeah, things happen, things can be terrible, things can be really difficult, but I'll still hang on it. So maybe vow in terms of over here, maybe we as, as a vowing for not giving up, vowing for not so much about you keep perfectly or everything will be perfectly, or I'll benefit, or I'll achieve enlightenment or something like that. Yeah, the motivation to, maybe Bodhisattva is, Bodhisattva vow is much more seen vow in terms over here, maybe none giving up. Yeah, condition can happen. So what happens when the condition happens? Then there's a purification process and so on and so forth. Okay. So so vowing over here, so that's, I, okay, so let's let's keep it as a <laughs> as a vow, as a as a commitment for not giving up. Okay. So now, then vow requires, you know, like a, Issue day, expiration day, <laughs> you know all that kind of the, the, that kind of things. Bodhicitta, you have to have an expansion for benefiting for all sentient beings. I want to obtain enlightenment. That whole thing, you know, you know that whole thing is you have to like as a, as a impossible as a possible. <laughs> you know, so you have to make that kind of really infinite. So now over here, the main question, the aspiration, Bodhicitta, you know. Aspiration bodhicitta is basically you are committing for this. You are going to not to give up this aspiration. So, aspiration bodhicitta vows basically you are vowing. Okay, I'll not give up this motivation. I will. I will keep this motivation. So this. So okay, let's make sense. Okay. Okay. So so let's keep it as at this moment. You are vowing to keep this motivation. Okay, so this is basically aspiration, but basically that motivation to wish to obtain enlightenment. That intention I'm not going to give up until I, until I am enlightened. Okay, now uh, the vow, you know, sometimes when you take a refuge vow, sometimes you say until I'm alive. You know, sometimes you take uh, vows as like until I have achieved enlightenment. So there's a different, you know, sometimes some vow you say I'll take until tomorrow sunrise. You know, there is this kind of like until tomorrow sunrise, until my time of death, until I am enlightened. Okay, so here somehow in aspiration, even in aspiration bodhicitta, you uh, can have this kind of like a, you know, t you know, kind of like a from the time perspective, vow makes you know when you have a time perspective until I achieve the goal or something like that. Okay, so you have until I achieve enlightenment. You know, so that's I think part of the vow where you are committing and until what you're committing it looks like very important you know like there's a, any kind of vows like a 24 hour like vows have like until sentence until am i dead until i'm achieve enlightenment okay so maybe when we see that vow means something that it's have a whole kind of like a clarity for whom for what for until what you know that kind of things almost like a uh Bodhisattva lawyer <laughs> have to make a, that contract. <laughs> Usually, lawyers make a contract very scary. <laughs> okay, all the benefits I'll get, the, all the faults you have to pay. <laughs> okay, now this contract is all the over way. You know, all the benefit you will get it, and all the blames I'll take it. <laughs> oh, totally different lawyer. <laughs> okay, okay. So just to put there, what you in aspiration bodhicitta, you're vowing to that motivation you're not going to give up. Okay. Now, now we'll, it's part of the now engaging bodhicitta. What you're vowing. Okay, now we can look at Okay, it's a little bit looks like serious. Okay, engaging <laughs> bodhicitta. Okay, motivation. I, I, I'll keep in my thought. <laughs> keep in my thought. You're vowing for keeping that in the thought. Now, engaging bodhicitta, what you are engaging, and until, maybe that, un that time, maybe until. You know, maybe we can ask this question. You know, traditionally, Bodhisattva and vow, they'll say, until I'm enlightened. There's no such a vow that says until everybody enlightened. Okay, it's, 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 the, the ritual doesn't doesn't express that until I'm enlightened. So maybe 
you know, this can be some in some kind of Bodhisattva and a vow can be until our vow to keep this motivation until all sentient being enlightened. Uh, there's, no, there's no such a lineage is there, but there's until I, you know, it's maybe maybe it's more practical. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, but there's no such a thing at this moment. But Buddhist practice have that. I will achieve an enlightenment until all sentient beings achieve. You know, like almost this kind of like a, there's a Buddhist like a shepherd, Buddhist like a or just like a king, bodhicitta like a equanimity, you know, like that's kind of three type of bodhicitta. There's a mind type of that, but there's no tradition that exists. Only bodhicitta like a king, this is the, the bodhicitta that we are discussing is Gyevutok Semke, bodhicitta like a king. They basically, you know, in the ancient, you know, this is analogy, ancient time, the kings are supposed to go in the front not staying behind and, and then, then kind of strategizing. They have to be in the front. So it's based on that bodhicitta. Okay. Uh, now we, we kind of get clear for vowing for aspiration bodhicitta, that vow kind of we kind of get. Okay, you're pretty much vowing and not giving up that motivation. Now we go to the engaging bodhicitta. So what you are vowing and what you are vowing for not to give up. Okay. What you vowing now? When you look at the engaging bodhicitta, now you look into the definition. We reflect a little bit. We have a Shantideva's first chapter, so now you trans transform that into the vow model, model of a vow. How how that how we can make that that powerful thought into the uh, in the model of a vow to structure, making kind of like a truly existent. <laughs> no, it's kind of like how to make it's kind of like a. Uh, Structured, okay. So now the question comes: engaging bodhicitta. So here, this requires like uh, this requires engaging into what? Engaging into maybe we'll say six parameter. Okay, let's put it this way: in I want to obtain enlightenment, purpose of benefiting sentient being becomes aspiration. So therefore, what is the action? Action is uh, engaging into the six parameter. Okay, now the vow is when you're looking for the vow. Now, what you're vowing, what's not giving up, is uh, practice into a six paramita. So, really, the now over here, engaging Buddhist Buddhist vows, you're really vowing for practice. I'll practice. Now, you can see the motivation and the action kind of two different things. Aspiration, much more. You're not going to give up, wish to obtain. Wish to often, therefore, what is your plan? Ten-year plan, five-year plan, <laughs> whatever plan. My plan is to the sixth parameter. And I will vow to practice or not to give up this practice of the sixth parameter. So engaging bodhicitta, the vow is a vow into practice. Okay? And and uh, you know, so so but it had to be very clear and that practice in the sixth parameter and now timing point of view. Until I'm enlightened, you know. So, so that's, you know, until I'm enlightened, I'll never going to give up practice into the six parameter for purpose of benefiting sentient being. Okay. So, so vow is like very clear. Like, is it's basically aspiration bodhicitta, vowing for the motivation. That you're not going to give up this thought and engaging bodhicitta. You're not going to give up into a practice in the six parameter, and your intention is very clear. We can ask question: Can I do this until I'm time of death? You know, you know, like now, for example, uh, you know, you cannot do until your time of death because your motivation is already set. It purpose of benefit is sentient beyond often enlightenment. So, you know, so, but there's a there's a like a called Mayana precepts. You know, there's a like a pretty much like a Buddhisattvayana kind of vow kind of things, but it have a Totally bodhicitta motivation, but when your time comes, it's just for 24 hours. But 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 okay, we can no no, the the mind precepts, and then you 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 know started into the bodhicitta motivation, and the really vows there's the basically you know not killing, stealing, and there's a several things not staying high and that kind of any kind of that bo boost your ego. So then your timing is just 24 hours. 
you know, 24 hours, you can be, you, you can set up the timing. Relative, once it comes to the six parameter, the contract will go until enlightened. <laughs> That's the kind of serious contract. Yeah, Palti Moksha vows until time of death. Palti Moksha vows much more like a Vinaya vows. Vinaya vows is until time of uh, until time of death. You know, once the death happens, kind of naturally. Uh, okay, but then again, you take a Buddhist Athena vows and time of a death, what happens? You, you next life, if you're born in animal realm, you have a still Bodhisattva vow with a... Uh, you, you see, like, 37 uh, Bodhisattva practices, basically... Uh, you know, let me put it this way. First, Bodhisattva practice is usually more than six. Six parameters is, is what we call kind of like a... Six parameters is kind of put into perspective. Usually, the way of saying Bodhisattva in these as like an infinite, when you summarize, it comes in the six parameter. And the six parameter you summarize and wisdom and method. Okay, it's kind of like a little bit kind of like a, uh, so we can kind of see ways kind of six parameters things. So now, uh, <coughs> thirty-seven Buddha. So, so again, what makes, what makes, what really defines Bodhisattva's practice? You know, really the question comes now, what really makes, you know, uh, drinking a cup of tea or planting of a flower or tomatoes <laughs> can become Bodhisattva deeds? Bodhisattva, what makes the action becomes Bodhisattva deeds, okay? So it is a basically, it's, there's no such a thing as standing, this is all the bodhisattvas, what they do. In the six parameters, six parameters, generosity, even not necessarily bodhisattva, many other practitioners also do. But there is a standardizing six parameter bodhisattvas deeds, is basically any deed, is uh, any action which is based on a bodhicitta motivation, that action becomes a bodhisattvas deed. So 37 bodhisattva in a practice is kind of, st you know, pretty much taking whole lamrim and then you are kind of like a plugging bodhicitta motivation and you can 37, you can make, you can make more than 37. I think we can make a plenty bodhisattva in a uh, practice, you know. This is 37 bodhisattva in a practice is basically pretty much from the, not only you took the practice of a, uh, Shavakayana, you can take the practice of uh, Patika Buddhas, kind of pull up that practice, build it based on the Buddhist motivation, you create this kind of 37. You know, so it's basically 37 Buddhisattva in the practice. Basically, like for example, meditation in permanent kind of plug through the Buddhist motivation becomes a Buddhisattva in the practice. Okay, uh, so. So 37 is, I think, you know, kind of like a major, major important part of the practice. You kind of highlight it, and it is uh, done through Buddhist motivation. You labeled 37 Bodhisattva in the practice. That's as, that's as simple as there's no, even the six parameters is kind of like the same thing, okay? Okay, so now, when we're talking about Bodhisattva or Mahayana, you know, mind only school have a rule to say something. Madhimika have a rule to say something. So now you have to kind of bring the tenet system. I'm not trying to complicate, but <laughs> okay. When you're talking Bodhisattvayana vows, or Bodhisattvayana, hey, what's the Yogacara have anything to say? Or Madhimika have anything to say? You know, like, and they have a philosophical difference, very strong, two different, have a philosophical understanding, slightly different. When it comes to the, you know, ethics, you know, like, for example, maybe like, capitalism ethics and socialist ethics based on whatever belief system the ethics effects very strongly isn't that's kind of like obvious you know it's, it's, it's true like you know it influences the education it influences the ethics and everything because of the how you structure the things okay so now we, we can look this bodhisattva and okay there's a mind only school structure and there is a Madhimika, you know, like everything is... Uh, so how their philosophical view influence the ethics, Bodhisattva and ethics? So this is, a, this is a really one of the kind of like... A, sometimes we see the ethic as a kind of st uh, established, kind of like, okay, standardized. But now when you... We have to look at like a, 
it's not just kind of common sense kind of way of looking, but now it's like what the view affects the ethic. How you, how you view the re view of the reality. Mind only school have a view of reality. Uh, Madhimika have a view of reality. They are two different realities. Both follows Bodhisattvayana path. Okay, both follows Bodhisattvayana path. Now, both follows Bodhisattvayana path, so now is, is there is there's any possibility, kind of like way, from my point of view, this view, this ethics seems like silly. <laughs> from my point of view, this ethics seems like really, can, can, you, can we see any kind of ethic or action can be two traditions have some kind of complex possibility? It's just kind of throwing up there, any possibility. Okay, you need to like, like uh, for example, Mayana traditions, ethics of Mayana traditions, and ethics of uh, Hinayana traditions. You know, like okay, even even look a little ethics of Tibetan Buddhisms and ethics of uh, Zen Buddhism. <laughs> you can, you know, there's a there's a something carries. I mean, like we can see the surface difference, which emphasize more Hinayana. There. So, so the main question is. Is the wisdom is the foundation for ethic, or ethic plays important role to establishing the wisdom? So that's the kind of the key question. Just is it what is the foundation of the ethic, particularly Bodhisattvayana? It's just randomly somehow, whoever they create, they came in the like, like a like a, I say like a vision and created, or what? You know, you know. For example, lots of rules and regulations started in our conventional world in the legislators that they think there's a challenge. They, you know, then they say, okay, we should do this way. And same time, Vinaya, Vinaya thinks all these rules came up in the early time. Buddha period, and same thing. Okay, things, situation happen. They gather together. Okay, let's do this way. It's just really kind of like a human creation, you know. Like, and of course, like a Vinaya is much more into the physical and speech. Now, Bodhisattvayana, I'm not sure there is a, like a kind of gather in uh, gather and discussion and kind of like a creating such a things. There's not necessarily historical kind of a situation, but it had to have a some situation or reality base, some kind of reality standing for the creating of any kind of any kind of rule and regulation, any kind of ethic, any kind of you know kind of like a standardizing. You know, you have to. So, so here, the, so my question is like, okay, what Madhimikin philosophical view plays important role to creating Bodhisattva and Naval, and what is the mind-only schools place view that plays important role to creating Bodhisattva and Naval, and because of these two different philosophical system. Is the vows kind of like, a, although they are in the Bodhisattvayana, Mayana tradition, but they say like, well, this is slight different, slight difference. So that, that's the view of the emptiness is a difference. So now, is there have any, because of that difference, have any impact into the way to, way to establishing the vows? I mean, like, like for example, Vinaya vows are creating, not generally speaking, not harming for other. Okay, physically or verbally, so you create that. Buddhisattva in vows, not only non-harming, but how can benefit. Okay, so that's, I think the, is, is that, that's kind of like a much more method aspect of the foundation of the, the ethic. So my question is, is there any wisdom, the philosophical kind of, What's really, you know, as we were talking earlier, like a capitalism, socialism, and then you have all these different kind of coming up. Yeah, we want to help. We want to, both, both, both systems are thinking, but we can help. But way of helping will become different because of the socialists and the communists or whatever we're going to, political system, their view of that changing. Yeah, that kind of like a non-harming, again, we can go, Yogacara and uh, Madhimika say, yeah, 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 Bodhisattva vows intended to helping another. They both agree totally. But now, what their wisdom, that's, yeah, the wisdom will play a very important role way of creating, uh, like for example, uh, one, of, one of the examples is, like a, now, when we're saying mind-only school and uh, Madhimika school, so we have to. So maybe we we'll look at like okay, maybe we need to look at it. The language comes from Nakarjuna, the Bodhisattva and vow. And uh, okay, there's. Then when you say mind-only school, maybe we we'll say language which comes from Asanga, 
Okay, so we look at kind of like uh, Nagarjuna's and uh, Asanga, but uh, lots of Bodhisattva and Vow teaching is lots of much more related with the Asanga's writings. Uh, Bodhisattva Bhumis, Asanga's have lots of you know, that thing. So you can see, okay, these two teacher have like okay, one from Afghanistan. <laughs> Asanga is from Afghanistan, Pakistan or Afghanistan, and Nagarjuna is from the southern southern Indian. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So, so, so now the question comes. Okay, there's a maybe. I'm not sure. There's a specific text dedicated by Nagarjuna about the Bodhisattva and vow. I'm not sure exactly. There's a such a things. So there's not necessarily Nagarjuna's text, which is kind of like uh, dedicated. I'm not sure, and we'll double check. But anyway, that's the, not the point. So now, point is okay. So Nagarjuna and uh, uh, Asanga, you know, both of ink. Maybe we might think maybe Bodhisattva and a vow. When it's standardized, such a vow kind of concept, you know, concept of a vow. Just why I'm asking this question is uh, maybe in an Asanga spirit time, maybe more standardizing, more structuring, more maybe Nagarjuna's times are much more working for like kind of like a you know, he's the first uh, Mayana concept trying to building up, maybe he's uh, maybe he's become Bodhisattva and an organized religion, become when the Asanga came, maybe. <laughs> anyway, just kind of like a generally kind of way to look at it, okay. <coughs> So my my point is over here is like a, for example, uh, with a Nagarjuna lineage, one of the lineage, this is like okay, what is the preparation to taking Bodhisattva and vow? Okay, and uh, in a, one of the Nagarjunas, uh, I'm, I'm I have to look at specific text, but there is a recommendation. No, no, you don't do the you do you do the prostration and offering, but you don't do the confessing. Because when you're trying to go into the confessing process before you're taking Bodhisattva and the vow, you know, confessing is kind of heavy. And Bodhisattva and the vow, when you're taking, you want to be very joyful and don't want to bring sad story. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to have interference of a sad story. Want to have a, because the really the part of the vow, when you take a vow, you have to have lots of joy and, you know, t time being, okay, it doesn't mean you have nothing to confess, but don't bring that story part of the taking a process. And uh, from the uh, uh, from the asanga, you know, I think the asanga through the lineage, the more like a sh like a, for example, Lama Atisha is a, usually he's a Madhimigin scholar, but he's uh, from the lineage that comes from him. Uh, Lama Atisha is, is, is much more like a kind of asanga style. Uh, not necessarily from the Nagarjuna style. So, so it says like, okay, you have to do seven limb press process. You have to do a confess, <laughs> confession process. So, so like for example, like okay, one says, you know, like one says, okay, don't do the don't do the confession process because it, at that moment, you know, maybe the key point over here, you're taking the vows and you want to make it really inspired and very uplifted. You know, when you're bringing those stories, it may interfere. Okay, and uh, once they know, you have to do the seven limb process. And the lineage coming from Asanga, the mind-only school approach, says, okay, you, do, you need to do the seven limb process. The lineage coming from the Madhimikin approach, it doesn't say you have to, you have to do the con confession. So, so now the question comes here, like, okay, you know, is there any wisdom roll in into that one or not you know like okay like there's a so this is the one area that like okay both are really kind of doing process and basically when you look at these two systems one system looks like a little bit more okay you have to go through seven limb you have to let me put a little more more conservative <laughs> maybe bodhisattva and a conservative bodhisattva and liberal bodhisattva <laughs> Maybe we can say that <laughs> far right and far left. <laughs> this is part of sentient beings' mindset. You know, Bodhisattva, you know, so can you have a mindset of a kind of. A <laughs> am I becoming too American? <laughs> too American. <Yeah. laughs> Conservative Bodhisattva and <laughs> liberal Bodhisattva. You know, I, I'm using word conservative versus liberal. 
you know, like, and uh, yeah, conservative and liberal makes a difference which kind of rule and regulation you make in society. Very clear, conservative view and liberal view makes very clear what kind of regulation you're going to create in political. But I think when you're taking the Bodhisattva Yana over here, so now when, when I'm asking question, what view plays important role or not? So over here, mind only school view and the Madhimikin view, can you look at the kind of like one is more conservative view and one is more liberal view? Can, can we, if we look from that lens, you know, like, uh, like, a, you know, every, you know, like, a, you know, kind of that lens now conservative, mind only school is conservative because it believes in truly existence. And the Madhimikin view is not conservative because nothing truly exists. <laughs> and because of that kind of conservative or non-conservative, reality is more conservative when you believe in truly existence. Isn't it? Reality is basically nothing truly exists. Well, maybe you're more I say, nihilistic or, or something dangerous other than that, you cannot see any kind of conservatives of our existence, of a reality. So just to look at from that perspective, but, but, yeah, yeah, but usually when we say third turning and second turning, usually not understood, you know, from, from, not necessarily, you know, sometimes they all happen same time. <laughs> they all happen in the same time. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> exactly, it is. It is something. Time and space are not uh, applied it over that one. So that's that's the one thing you know. Like basically, fundamentally, you are looking. You know, any kind of vow and anything when you talk regulation and systems, there is a flavor of a conservative versus liberal. That's kind of like a kind of kind of why that's happening, why we don't have only one thing, or either conservative or, you know, like, I think that's part of the, our human, you know, we have a different view, you know, view a little bit more conservative, view more a little bit uh, liberal, okay? Because of that view, how we systematize in the world can be different, okay? So here, so, so now we're going back to the point, the view of a things are truly existence can we say it's a little bit more conservative from from like you know existence have to be kind of like a you know identify uh, intrinsic and things are not that yeah, no 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 you can be truly truly exist so now now we okay that we translate for one single things over here part of the ritual of a bodhisattva and a vow when you take you say one say you don't have to do confession and one say you have to do confession and confession is a part of it. So now when you're trying to translate that view into this kind of process, what you see, like, okay, can you like, in the mind only school, yeah, it believes in something really truly existence. So yeah, that makes everything, uh, yeah, the, the negative karma and these things becomes much more kind of like, kind of like an immediate threat and, and kind of like, like a much more so it's yeah you have to do confession otherwise it makes very scary and maybe my madimika skull is why you can't slow down there's nothing truly anyway <laughs> i mean like because you know like uh, for now we need to go a little bit more deeper we can say then it will be same thing and then in the madimika why you do prostration and offering nothing truly exists you know you can go that another stream extreme we can go but when you look at into the individual people usually fear is much more kind of vivid and much more like into close to us in Zina. so confession is like really kind of like a makes really change you know is because it's related with the fear and so on and so forth you know so there must be some view of a non-truly existence and view of a truly existence, how it play the role of a fear. Okay? So so that makes like why so is it randomly picked it picked it up like okay, confession. Let's throw that out. <laughs> or random or it is a our human emotional process. You know, it is not random, it's a very specific. You know, because it is a, it is a, it is a, you are touching human fear. You know, so therefore, because of that, now view of a non-truly existence, the view of a truly existence plays really 
becomes a hot topic when it comes to the fear. You know, so therefore, like this is not randomly choose it. It is a very specifically on the ground, on the process. So it says one say, I don't do that. I mean, like not necessarily don't do. This. This is not part of the. It isn't organized as a part of the mandatory. But some of the Tibetans, yeah, some of the Tibetan scholars, they also really pretty much put same system, and pretty much system. Uh, I think I think maybe that's my kind of thinking. I think in India maybe much more kind of have a more liberal. You can choose. I think. Tibet, Buddhism, while may fall into conservative, <laughs> kind of like a, so. There's a, some of the Tibetan scholars says like you know even view different doesn't matter. There's only one system exists. There's a, there's a quite a debate into that like you know like that's nonsense that like you know making two different. I think you know it's, it's need to be looked at it. You know like there's a different thoughts are there. In Tibet, looks like hey, I do seven limbs. Yeah, his is pretty much he, the lineage he followed from the Asanga's approach because it's a pr you know, because the everything you know the most impact made by Lama Atisha in Tibet. So Lama Atisha is a very strong uh, follower of the Asanga's approach. Yeah, everything is there. Seven limb practice is part of that. But there is a, this issue need to looked at it in all the practice wise at this moment. Is the, so now maybe I think a, I don't know how in the Zen tradition maybe you know like how. You know, like how was the vow was it discussed, and how the view is involved, and how structured the vows. You know, like I think it's a, uh, like for example now, uh, Lamdun. Lamdun is a lamp of the path by uh, uh, composed by Lama Atisha. And uh, uh, this verse into the lamp of the path is called. Basically, says. Or to take a Bodhisattva vow, you need to basically have to have a Vinaya vow. He wants to build up Vinaya vow first, and uh, then Bodhisattva vow. But this is very strong Lama Adisha's approach in his Lamp of a Path. He written that way, and of course it is a now like for example the the Sera Monastery where the, we, I started the Yiksha author, the main scholar who when it come to this one, he won't take literally. You know, so there's again, although its lineage was really kind of looked, came through Asangas and, and Lamaitish approach, but within the Tibet, you know, some scholars say, no, you don't have to be Bodhisattva, and it's a really, it's not as a conservative, it is a really anybody can take it. It doesn't require Vinaya vow as a foundation. It doesn't even require Pakdimoksha. Pakdimoksha vows not require. You have required the, the refuge. That's kind of like everybody stays in the same foundation. So again we're saying like Lamatish approach but not not necessarily it everything's carries within the like the the Yiksha, the, 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 the main of scholar the watch monastery that I follow he says not necessary. So there's a, again lineage that come there's some openness. You know, so the question like how it started, how that's is it's kinda of a little bit blur, I think okay. The Systematizing and everything, because like, you know, we can look at all everything. You know, the spiritual path is uh, maybe in early time. Maybe Bodhisattvayana is a very secret teaching. Somebody who are really ready for that. Maybe it's uh, like absolutely secret. Uh, you know, so you know, maybe when it become more public. You know, like for example, in Shantideva's text, there's a sum like he said, "This, this, this way of generating Buddhicitta is a secret." And again, so you know, something designed for very unpublic teaching. You know, maybe that is you know, this can happen in any kind of there's something much more advanced. Is kind of like a, and that advance becomes now is a public. So. So I, I think there's no such a thing like uh, directly historically establishing when it started. Now Bodhisattvayana, like for example, it's much more like, like for example, in Vinaya, if you kill, that's it. You know, like there's a vase, and in the Bodhisattvayana, it will look at how you kill. 
what is the process? So lots of your thought process plays very. Imp it was a much more kind of look at it the way you, how you are cruelty, how you are doing. Like for example, Buddhist in the vows. They say like a four condition. Did you see that in part of that you did with the, you know, like a, you know, joyfully. Even you knowing things, it doesn't matter. You ignore it, and you encourage somebody to do it. You know that kind of the vows. Are the vows is structured so much into the way you carry the action, your thought process, your, your you know, like, a, it is a lots of into that. But the, you know, like, for example, it becomes, a, you know, a root vow, you know, once you have it, you know, breaking the root vow once you have all these conditions are together. You know, like, it is, a, it is so much about the, Vinaya doesn't really talk at all, like, how you do it. You did it, that's it. You know, it just doesn't really count. This, this not so much about the intention. Once you intend it, and where you intend it, uh, you know that whole plays a very important role in Buddhisattva and the vows. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Maitripa College podcast. If you would like to learn more about Maitripa College, please visit our website at maitripa.org. M A I T-R-I-P-A dot O-R-G. This podcast was produced by Alfredo Pinheiro, Kate McDonald, Andrew Hughes, and me, your host, Tiffany Blumenthal.